When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL, TMASTL podcast network from the Home Loan Expert Com studios. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan, and kind of an ode to the uh, old days in which I would just go solo. Uh, Jackson and I just got done wrapping up the award-winning Balloon Party on 101 ESPN right after we got done wrapping up the award-winning Ryan Kelly Morning After on 105.7 HD2 FM here in St. Louis. And so uh, Jackson has a couple things he needs to tend to. And so I said, you know what? I've done the podcast by myself before. I will do the podcast by myself once again. And we have plenty of questions, and oftentimes I don't get to a lot of many ways, so let me make sure that I get to them today here and uh, and do so when you can email me at tmckernan at insidestl.com, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at insidestl.com. I mean anything, and I mean everything is welcome it can be sex, politics, religion, sports, media, inside baseball on TMA, inside baseball on me. I don't care. Everything is welcome. There is no such thing as a bad question. There is no such thing as an email that uh, we just would go, oh, we can't possibly read that. It's been a free-for-all here since we started the podcast, and we welcome you to continue to send yours in. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Try it. Give it a shot. See if you can make it through the labyrinth that is the filter to get on QFTA here on the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, the Ryan Kelly, HomeLoanExpert.com. I have uh, done business with the HomeLoanExpert.com twice in the last couple of years. I've been refinancing with them, and I've gotten pre-approved with them, and I recommend you do the same thing, and I think you will be incredibly pleased with, number one, how much money you save on a refi, number two, how effective it is in the home buying market to be pre-approved, number three, how easy both processes are. The HomeLoanExpert.com is where you go. It's Ryan Kelly, and he is the guy I worked with, and his team did an incredible job. And I'm telling you, with home values at an all-time high, there is not a better time than right now to refi with thehomeloanexpert.com. Once you get refied, then why don't you go to James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. You buy a home, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. A car, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. He's in Webster Groves, and he is my insurance agent, so it is very easy for me to vouch for James Carlton at 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.com. Net. I made the switch to James Carlton, and it was so easy. And on top of it, now, anytime I have a question, I'm either texting with them, I'm emailing with them, or if you call during business hours, you're talking with somebody, and the question is answered immediately. They pride themselves 
on their return time or on how somebody is always in the office to answer a question directly. It's the best customer service you're going to find. It's why I'm a very happy client of James Carlton. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. And Munganess, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. If you are in the market for a new car, if you're in the market for a pre-owned car, or if you just need to get your car serviced and you didn't even get it from Munganest, that's fine. You can get it taken care of at Munganest. StLouisAccurate.com, AltonToyota.com, and I say this with the greatest of sincerity. Please contact me, and I'll introduce you to Jamie Burkhardt or Clayton Patterson, and then you have a direct pipeline to the people at Munganest who can take great care of you it's Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson, who I've gotten to know quite well over the last couple of years. StLouisAcura.com and AltonToyota.com. It's Munganast. Work with the best. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota, the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show. All right, we've got all kinds of things in here, and I'm excited to go into them. Let's get it on. Tim, Phil Mickelson has had trouble recently with divulging information to a reporter under the assumption that they were talking off the record. Now, this is per Phil, of course. My question to you is what exactly does off the record mean in the world of journalism? Does it mean it's off limits completely or until it can be verified by another source? I'm assuming if a journalist breaks the off the record rule, they will have a black mark moving forward. Do you have any firsthand accounts of this happening in your career, whether it be with you or with one of your colleagues? That's a nice question. And, and, and with regards to the Mickelson situation, um, this is uh, his interview with Alan Shipnick. Now, who, if, you, if you're not a golf nerd, uh, you, you have no idea who he is. Um, but uh, he is a well-respected uh, golf writer. I have my headphones on for no particular reason. It's uncomfortable, so I'm going to take them off. And he's writing a book on Mickelson. It's going to come out in a couple of weeks, and it, it is uh, expected by a lot of people in the golf community, reputable people in the golf community, that this is going to be quite damaging to Mickelson. Um, may explain some of the reasons why he is considering, uh, well, at this point now, uh, he is filed to be playing with uh, the Saudi Golf League, Live Golf, and uh, and is looking for the ability to do that from the PGA. Doubtful the PGA will grant that. Um, and any other stories that might be uncomfortable for Mickelson for his family. And then he talked about, with Shipnick, uh, his reasoning for doing it and, uh, you know, called the, the Saudis some names and said he knows he's getting to bed with some, I believe the term was dangerous motherfuckers. I believe that's what the term was. But he's doing it for leverage with the PGA Tour. And then Shipnick uh, reveals this conversation. I shouldn't say reveal. Reveal comes with a connotation but makes public this conversation, and of course it gets all kinds of attention, and then a bunch of players who I think were possibly considering joining Mickelson and leaving the PGA Tour and playing for the Saudi Arabia uh, Golf League uh, then had to announce publicly about a month or so ago that they were not going to be participating, and Mickelson was left on an island, and we have not heard from him since a statement in which he apologized, not necessarily to the tour, um, but uh, just apologized, and he didn't play in the Masters, wasn't at the Champions Dinner, and it is to be determined as to whether or not we will see him 
for the PGA Championship at Southern Hills here in a few weeks. Now, with all of that said, Mickelson did say in his statement that it was off the record. Now, for me, off the record is something that I have, you know, become familiar with doing what I do for a living. Um, The official definition, uh, we're going by Webster's definition, uh, given or made in confidence and not for publication, off the record comments. So, with regards to off the record, it is understood that you do not breach that. That's kind of that. Um, with regards specifically to, from the journalism standpoint, with regards to Mickelson, um, he said that the comments were off the record. Shipnick said that is not the case. When I read Mickelson's comments, and he made them back, I believe, in November, and he called uh, Shipnick to talk, before he even said they were off the record, I was thinking to myself, I think this sounds like it's off the record, and yet they're public. So what that tells me is either Mickelson is covering his tracks by saying they were off the record, um, and now he realizes the ramifications of his comments, or uh, there was a misunderstanding as to whether or not they were off the record. Um, Mickelson thought they were. Allen thought that they were not. Um, it's something, I, I, here's what I would say with, with my experiences with it. Um, you, if somebody is saying something and you think they might be under the impression that, you know, this is off the record, you check to make sure that this was on the record because, because once you breach that trust, the word gets around. Um, I suppose it's somewhat of a timely comparison. Um, in, in the world of golf, once it's out that this person or that person has a reputation for cheating, that person is kind of fucked in the golf world. Um, and I would, I would imagine that is the same thing when it comes to news, sports, reporting, um, off the record. I take the whole thing real seriously, um, and from my standpoint with what we do now with TMA, it's really not, it's, it's by no means, you know, like somebody's appearing on, you know, take, take your pick of whatever is a reputable news show. But uh, I don't think that, uh, that, 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 well, I know it's not something that we really run into anymore. Um, but with regards to off the record, it is a serious thing in, in this world. And I'm trying to think of, I, I feel like we've had a number of times where somebody has comments that are made public. I feel like Charles Barkley had it happen 20 some odd years ago, maybe more where he's like, I thought I was off the record, I thought we were off the record, and it kind of has become a running joke. And I do wonder if reporters knowingly breach that uh, because they know what was said off the record will be juicy and will sell more, will get more clicks. I do wonder about that. Um, I had uh, a moment with Tony LaRusso this was, it wasn't off the record. It just wasn't, in, it, it wasn't at a ballpark. It wasn't at a practice field. It was 
us hanging out in, this is after he left the Cardinals, a few years after he left the Cardinals, because I, I recall asking him about the 2012 NLDS, because I really wanted to ask him a nerdy baseball question. And he was all, you know, we were, we were having fun. It was uh, hanging out uh, in Jupiter, Florida. And, uh, and he's all worked up about sports talk radio that he was hearing in San Francisco. And I was, remember thinking to myself, why in the world would he care this much? And it had nothing to do with baseball. Um, and he goes, let me ask you a question. And he's like leaning toward me. He goes, you ever go on the air and say something or tell people to say something that you know is not true or they know is not true just to get a reaction from the audience? And I go, as a matter of fact, no. Um, I, I just, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do it. It's not something that I would ever even, uh, it's, it's not something that's even in the range of possibilities and that I would even consider it. And, uh, and he goes, I'm convinced guys do that. And, and I go, well, you, you may be right. I can only speak for myself. And I also think I would have a sense for it um, locally if that were going on. And I just, it, it, listen, I'm not saying it from an absolute standpoint. I just don't think it's a big problem at the very least locally. And I think when it comes to the Mickelson thing that uh, your email was about, Scott, uh, is if you said, okay, you got to bet, you know, material amount of money. So if you lose, it's going to hurt. Uh, on what happened with that, I legitimately think Mickelson thought he was off the record. I really do. And I also think Shipnick thought that Phil was on the record. So I, I suppose, you know, I suppose the the fail safe is, you know, they're recording the conversation. If you're doing an interview, why not record the conversation yourself? And then you can say, well, here, this is, you can clearly hear me say we are off the record uh, if you are ever worried about it. Um, but I think, and, and some people might be listening to this and go, well, why would anybody ever go on the record or off the record? Uh, I would say my experience is people want to go off the record so as to not have something directly attributed to them, but to inform the reporter of the situation with context um, as to the circumstances so that the story is right, but that it is not something that is attributed to them. And so off the record isn't done necessarily as some kind of Watergate deep throat operation where we're meeting a parking garage. It's like, okay, you know, I can't talk about this, but here's what's really going on with so-and-so's, you know, performance lately. He's beat up, you know, he's got this situation and that's why, you know, that's why we're not playing him. That's why he's not playing well. Take your pick. But the manager, the coach doesn't want to dress him down. Uh, but if anything, wants to kind of protect his guy by saying, hey, you know, this situation's going on and this is, you know, something along those lines. And, and maybe using medical as an example would be bad because that gets into HIPAA law. But something along those lines to give context. So that's the reason. Mickelson uh, was all fired up about the situation with the PGA Tour and was pissed. And so he asked Shipnick to give him a call. And Shipnick is thinking, okay, well, if he's asking me to give him a call, then he knows that we're going to be talking. So, but Shipnick's just like, no, we, we were on the record. And he knows that. Now he's just trying to cover his tracks. On it, I don't know. But if you had, on that specific situation, I don't know. But if you had to ask me, what I think happened there, I think Mickelson thought he was off the record. He's too, he's been doing this for three decades. He's too savvy uh, to, to make a, a mistake like that. 
He's, you know, it's just, I, I just really don't think that that's what that was. I just, I mean, if it, the thumbs up and the smiles when he's walking around, I don't know how genuine they are. They're all part of the game for him. So how is he all of a sudden going to lose 30 years of equity with the public and the golfing world by going off half-cocked? Uh, so that's why I really do believe, I, I actually think he, he I, I don't know if they were off the record, I just think Mickelson thinks they were off the record. Uh, all right, next question. This comes from Matt. First off, I would like to tell you I have been a big old fan since 2013. I haven't listened to a QFTA until tonight, and I am glad I did. All this time listening to you say things on TMA, quote, contact me about questions slash concerns, or quote, I love interacting with the listeners. Email me at tmckernan at insidestl.com. I, for reasons unknown, thought that wasn't real until I listened to QFTA. You are the real deal, bro. That's why you have the support and the following you do. Extremely happy for you and the show. I guess this email would warrant Doug hitting the lemming bell, but fuck it. Best of luck moving forward. I actually do have a question. If you can't answer it, I totally understand. Was Jim Hayes a part of the negotiations when you guys went to Hubbard? The reason I ask this question is him and Doug and all of you guys have unbelievable chemistry. Thanks for reading. That comes from Matt Beeston. Uh, yes, I've, I've told the story before, but I, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that from the standpoint of, why are you asking? How come you haven't listened to every single word I have said or every single word I have typed on the fan page? Um, I recognize, I mean, my God, I'm doing three hours on TMA, one hour on 101 ESPN, and then a podcast. Uh, if you're listening to every word I say every week, uh, that would be, I don't know how you have the time to do it. So I recognize you can't listen to everything. So I, I do want to tell the story because I'm sure some people wondering. It's certainly when we made the announcement that we were coming to Hubbard. Um, it was one of the questions I got most. Um, and so I'll attempt to answer it as effectively as possible uh, and, and give as mu- much detail as possible. And since it's, you know, all true and from my memory, it's it's easy to do. So specific to 2021, last year, that was the last year of a five-year contract I had at KFNS. And in my mind, starting in 2012, honestly, probably well before 2020, to be real straightforward with everybody, I knew I was going to leave at the end of my contract. Uh, I was going to leave KFNS at the end of my contract. I'd known that for a long time. Um, I suppose the specific time where I was for certain in my mind going to leave was when we were planning on buying KFNS, in June, uh, well, actually, the letter of intent was submitted in May of 2020, and then uh, I'll just call an unfortunate set of circumstances, although now I would call them fortunate, but at the time, an unfortunate set of circumstances uh, caused us to terminate the letter of intent to buy the station a week before closing in June of 2020, and I think closing was going to be July 1, 2020, and um you know, had a group put together, the paperwork was done, minus the closing, uh, but there's, you know, anybody who's participated in a transaction like this knows there's a letter of intent, you bought a house, you know the program, you don't buy the house and get it that day, there's a process. Uh, and I spent, and it wound up being out of my own pocket, uh, a very substantial, for me, amount of money on legal because we built an operating agreement for an LLC that we created for the radio station, and um, the documents for the transaction, my attorneys handled all of that, and so then the deal doesn't happen. But we terminated the letter of intent, uh, and then the next day, um, uh, 
honestly, at this at that point, it wasn't surprising. Uh, the cat and the plowhawk were furloughed, and that's where the joke of uh, the per, uh, the plowhawk self furloughing uh, comes from. Because you know, you, you can you can you can put two and two together on on what happened there. We terminate the letter of intent on Thursday. They are uh, again, you know, quote unquote, furloughed. The next day, the Plowhawk would not appear on TMA again until uh, we got to Hubbard. And uh, the cat, after about a month or so, came back. And then after about, let's see, another month, uh, then was let go. And throughout that process, so now we're talking September 2020, all the way until you know, forever. Uh, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, there's so many things that, that took place in between September 2020 and about December 1st or so when we announced that we were going to Hubbard. Um, one of which was um, I went to KFNS management in December of 2020 and said, listen, I know I have one year left on my deal. Um, you know, you're in the middle of COVID at that time. Um, I knew some people were living, you know, some people had had children, uh, and I knew that there were cutbacks, and I knew that they, I, I just, I, the, the situation was such that I could leave, and I had other opportunities, and I didn't want KFNS making sure they paid me so that I couldn't leave. In other words, they would breach the contract if they didn't pay me what they owed me. Uh, so they were going to make sure they got me everything I was owed, but then that meant other people would lose their jobs or other people would get pay cuts. And I'm, I'm, this is not a heroic story. I think a lot of people would do this if they were in my situation. And so I went to John Hadley, uh, who was operating the station at the time. This is in early, mid-December of 2020. And I said, hey, man, I said, it's not, it's, you know, I said, I just, I have, I have opportunities. I'm up at the end of next year anyway. I just, we're probably not going to be able to come to a, 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 an agreement that I'm going to stay. Uh, it's not, not personal. Ball players go from team to team. It doesn't have to be personal. Uh, I just have opportunities to, to do, you know, put my family in a better position. And, and I don't want people here who are living paycheck to paycheck or who, you know, already have had their pay cut because of COVID get it cut more what about me just leaving? And, you know, he appreciated the offer, but said, we're not going to do that. We're going to sign you and Vaughn to an extension. And, uh, and so that's where things kind of stopped and started there. Then at the end of January, something had happened. I'm not going to go into the detail of what had happened. Um, but I went back to him because of what had happened. And it wasn't like it was some big incident. It was as far as, you know, like, a, you know, not anything dramatic, it just was like, okay, this, you know, it might be time. Uh, and I said, hey, John, I'm willing to, you know, I, I brought it up to you. Uh, I'm, I brought it up to you, you know, um, uh, you know, whatever it was about a month and a half ago. I'm seriously, I'm willing to leave early. And that way you won't have to cut anybody's pay or let anybody go, you know, and we can, we can move on, shake hands, whatever. And he said, no, same thing. You know, I'm going to lock you and Vaughn up in an extension. And, and at the time, don't get me wrong, they were. There were, there were conversations going on. Uh, and then two weeks later, approximately two weeks later, uh, Rush Limbaugh passed away. 
And that's when conversations started up with KMOX. And then when conversations started up with KMOX, um, well, KFNS gave me the ability to have a conversation with KMOX, but it was never 100% sure that they would let me out of my contract. I was given permission in writing to um, have conversations with KMOX, but it wasn't 100% that I would be allowed to leave. And my conversations with KMOX centered on me going to KMOX, and I wanted to take all of TMA to KMOX. And while this is going on, I also asked for permission. I said, if, well, if I'm going to be able to you know, see what the market is, so to speak, um, I would like for permission to be able to talk with you know, multiple places. And uh, I was granted that permission, um, which I really appreciate. I, I still will say that, um, I, that, that was, they didn't have to allow me to do that. They did. And, uh, and that allowed me to start talking with Hubbard. And uh, Hubbard is where we are now. And, uh, and also was talking with, you know, a number of different, there were a number of different sets of circumstances. Uh, and I don't know how many times I said, I have no idea where we're going to be X amount of months from now. I know we're going to be somewhere because we're in a good spot, but I don't know where. But over the course of those KMOX conversations, somehow... Uh, I recall there is, and I'm, nothing gives me greater anxiety uh, than when something that is, you know, I've been asked to keep private suddenly is clearly about to become public. And I'm living in Jupiter, Florida at the time, uh, and I'm out with my son on the golf course, the ultimate high, it's field of dreams type shit. It's just the greatest thing in the world. I don't know if I've ever experienced more happiness than that time when it's like six o'clock at night and it's 75 degrees, no humidity, nobody's around. It's me and my son on the golf course. It's just the greatest thing in the world. And I get a call from someone affiliated with KMOX saying, hey, we got a call uh, from the Post-Dispatch. And uh, somehow they're aware of our conversation, and I guess they're going to write about it. And, and I'm just going, oh, boy, you know, here we go. Uh, and I, I recall somebody, uh, you know, saying, oh, Tim, that was, that was you leaking that for negotiation purposes. And I'm going, you have no idea. Like, I, I, every dollar I have, I'll put in the middle. I'll put my life. It doesn't matter because I know it wasn't me. Uh, and I never responded to it, but then it got uh, that call, and then it, then it then it was clear it was going to get written about, and I don't remember how that how it was handled, but from that point forward, once that happened, it became clear to me that with this weird set of circumstances, uh, even though I had negotiated, you know. I don't know how I don't know how many different broadcast contracts I've signed in my career at this point. When you're talking more than two decades, uh, this free agency was the only one that was kind of being written about and talked about on the radio publicly. Uh, as John Hadley had jokingly one time when I was on with Bernie Miklas talked about, you know, I think actually the first day he had submitted some kind of uh, contract extension proposal, and then Bernie had some fun with it. It was a lighthearted thing, but it made it public, and then it started getting going with the Rush Limbaugh situation. And so now I'm like, there's still eight, nine more months of this. You know, I can't talk to anybody about the situation unless it's like, okay, it's about to happen. Because otherwise, clearly, somehow it's going to get out. Now, how it's getting out, I don't know. But the only way I could make sure it wouldn't get out 
from, quote-unquote, my camp was if I just didn't say anything. And when I say I don't say anything, that included the people on the show, and that also included the cat. And so it got to a point later in the year when it became clear that we were going to go to Hubbard uh, that, and I said to Tommy Madden, who's the head of programming, I said, it's important to have the whole group come back. And by the whole group, I don't just mean who the, the people who were doing the show at the time, uh, Doug, Iggy, Jackson, and myself. Uh, I mean the cat and the plowboy. And I also, in the back of my mind, uh, wanted at least there to be an opportunity for Matt Rocchio, but there can only be one person who's running the board. Matt Rocchio had been running the board at KFNS for us and did a hell of a job in a, in a weird set of circumstances. And so what Tommy said, and, I, and now I, I certainly get it from, I get it from their, I got it from their standpoint at the time. I get it now, and I think they probably, you know, now they, they see what I knew then. I knew that the advertising dollars would follow us because we had gone from 590 to 1380, back to 590 to 920 to 590, and the advertising dollars and the audience always would follow us. But if you're in Hubbard shoes, they don't know. And this is HD2 and a podcast and YouTube, so it's all kind of new to them. And so when I'm saying, hey, can you add on two more salaries to a four-person show with Jackson, with Iggy, with Doug, and myself, and and they're looking at the Rizzuto show, which is the number one show in the market with like a 20-something share, meaning 20% of the people listening at that time of day are listening to that show, and they have five people, and I'm asking for, you know, six people when you include the Plowhawk and the Cat, I'm sure internally they're going, this guy's out of his mind. And we don't even know how it's going to perform. And now you want to cut into any potential margin even more by hiring two more people and you're going to have more on staff than the Rizzuto show? I've been on the other side of the desk, so I get that thought process. And so what Tommy said, and knowing that I could trust Tommy because I've been talking to Tommy off and on since he was at uh, Emmis, which uh, wound up selling their stations to both Hubbard and to what is now Odyssey, Entercom, um, he said, dude, Trust me, assuming that everything is cool when you guys get over there, and everything being cool, meaning that the advertising and the, the YouTube numbers and the podcast download numbers are there, we will hire the cat and we will hire the plowboy. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, I, I trust him. And that's that was that was enough. Um, so then the time comes where we make the announcement, but I hadn't talked with the cat or the plowboy about the situation um, because I hadn't talked to anybody about the situation outside. I mean, I'm telling you the, I think the guys on TMA got brought into like, here's what we got. Here's this, here's that. What do you think the day before we signed at Hubbard? That's how close to the vest I kept it. Um, and that was because of what had happened eight, nine months earlier with the KMOX thing. I'm like, I'm not going through this playing out in the public, uh, in the newspaper. I'm, I'm not going to do it. So this is, and, and, and if it does, it does. And I, I, but I, I know I control what I control. So everybody signs and I'm standing outside of where we signed here at Hubbard uh, with, I don't think Doug was, I think Doug had already left, but with uh, the Plowhawk and Iggy. And I said, I got a list of people to call. Uh, who do you think is at the top of the list? And I think Iggy goes, Ryan Kelly. And, uh, Plowboy goes, Jamie Burkhardt, Munganast. And I go, great guesses. And then I showed him my phone because I had already typed it out. And at the top was the cat, and the next one was the Plowboy. 
Uh, and the reasoning was I wanted them to hear directly from me what the situation was and what the plan was. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it got out before I got to talk to them. And so the cat texted me and he goes, I hear you're going to 101 ESPN. I go, well, I'm going to do a one hour show on 101 ESPN, but, uh, I'm not going to, uh, the TMA is not going to 101 ESPN. Then we got on the phone and then I started telling him the situation and so we were talking about it, and he said, well, I have an opportunity to, if you guys are leaving 590, to go to 590, and that's a sure thing. I haven't done radio in a while, uh, and i got to make sure I get something. And, you know, and, and, and I have this, and if, you know, it's not for sure that I am going to have the opportunity at Hubbard, um, I've got to, you know, I've got to take it. And I go, I don't blame you. I, that's business, man. you got as much as I want and wanted and want him to be part of the show, and he's part of the show for, what, 15 of the 17 years the thing was on up until uh, the move to Hubbard, you know, I absolutely wanted him and the Plowboy. Um, and my plan was, knowing that there was going to be pushback uh, from Hubbard, was to give back a portion of my salary and then hope Hubbard could make up you know, the other portion of it and get the cat in. And then they would see that we were performing because I knew we would perform. Uh, and then a couple of months in, get the plowboy in. That's what I was planning on doing. Um, and that is not what wound up happening. So when the cat wound up going to KFNS and God bless him, you know, zero hard feelings about it. It's always about business and taking care of your family. Uh, that allowed uh, the Plowhawk schedule to get moved up. And so the money that I was giving back to get the cat over here wound up going to the Plowhawk. And again, not saying it to be heroic, just here's, here's exactly what happened. It's very easy to talk about because it's actually what happened. Um, and with regards to the Plowhawk, uh, so that's how that all wound up transpiring. I gave back a portion of my base salary uh, and also hired the Plowhawk on Sound Story and uh, that is how it uh, that's how it came to pass. So it wasn't a case of Hubbard saying, well, we want you guys, but we don't want the cat. It was Hubbard saying, listen, this is a whole new thing. You're on HD2. Uh, it's a podcast. And while you say you do really well with advertising dollars, we don't know. You know, we don't know. And we don't know what the numbers are going to be until you actually get here. And so we can't just we can't hire all six guys you want to hire. And so that's why they didn't. Uh, and that's why I had to give back a portion of my salary in order to get the plowhawk here. But I had already made up my mind I was going to do it. And I'll tell you, the, uh, I had a conversation with a sponsor, uh, the great Matt Ford of Stratum Structural Systems, as a matter of fact. He wanted to get together uh, to give uh, me and Anna Marie a gift for, uh, you know, it was about, we were about a month and a half away from our uh, now three-month-old, three-months-old today, son being born. And he wanted to give us a gift, and it was really cool to get, get together for a drink, um, you know, for Christmas. And I said, listen, you're a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. Uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a weird spot here where in order to get this done, I'm giving back, you know, I didn't get into the dollar figures, but, you know, it's, it, it counts. It's not like it's a nothing. It, this, is, this, is a, this is a healthy portion of my base salary. But... In my mind, it's it's a no-brainer. And he goes, okay, does it make your business better? And I go, yeah. 
And he goes, okay, well, that's it. He goes, you're investing in your own business. And I go, okay, yeah. I go, that's where I am too. It's like, to me, it's a no-brainer. And, and, and now I'd like to think everybody looks at it and goes, well, yeah, of course. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think the show would be as good as it is right now if we wouldn't have the Plowhawk. It's always about the group. Um, so anyway, that's the set of circumstances. There's zero hard feelings toward the cat. Uh, I get it. He had a sure thing. And with this, you know, it's like he, he and, and on top of it, the other thing that I should include is he hadn't heard about it, you know, cause I was keeping everything close to the vest at the same time. The guys who are currently on the show hadn't either, but it was for the same reasons. Now they knew that things were going to work out just because there was a matter of trust on it that I wasn't going to go, oh, yep, my contract's up, I'll see you guys. We're going to be fine. It's just a matter of figuring out where to go. I think dead serious, and I think he would tell you this, up until November 30th, Iggy thought we were going to a completely different radio station than where we wound up. Dead serious. That, that's not because there was a redirect. It's just because things changed, and while things changed, it's not like I kept everybody updated, and the reasoning was I just can't let it get out. Uh, I have to make sure that everything, uh, we, we're going to be in a good spot and we're not going to mess it up by being public about it. And so that's, that's what wound up happening. And, uh, that's the backstory on it. So anyway, I uh, sent in a kind email and, uh, you've got a very thorough, thorough explanation on, uh, on what transpired and, uh, who knows, you know, maybe someday we'll work together with the cat again. The cat and I, cat sent me a super cool text when uh, my son was born We've joked around about some things since uh, then that we both have in common and uh, lived through together. And, uh, you know, it's not like it's... Listen, I, I know that when it's all said and done, we all wish things would have been different over the last few years. Uh, that is something that we all would say um, because it was not, you know, it was not as easy as uh, we would have liked. But, uh, and, you know... But it's not It's not like we're sitting there going, oh, well, this person on the show caused it or this person on the show caused it. It was just the set of circumstances, and we had to get through it. And like I said, I was under contract, and I offered to leave in order to try to get things going a little sooner, and uh, and that was politely declined. And so this is, uh, this is how things wound up playing out. I get where – it's not like I was, like, furious with Hubbard that they weren't going to add on two more salaries. I got it. Uh, when Hubbard and I started talking back in March – they weren't talking about TMA. Everything changed when I was able to send them the downloads and they saw the numbers for the show and it opened their eyes as to what was going on here. Because if that didn't happen, I don't know what would have wound up happening. Um, and I guess if you're in the audience right now and a TMA fan, you're thinking, well, I always thought it was inevitable that TMA would stay together. And it wasn't a case of, oh, we're going to break up because we're not getting along. It was a case of my contracts up and other places outside of KFNS, weren't necessarily interested in hiring TMA because it was unproven in anywhere outside of these, you know, AM radio stations. So they didn't know. And now, you know, some people like, I'm so, I, I've said this before, I think maybe I said on the podcast, it's been so great how happy so many people in the audience are for us. Um, and that's been one of the coolest experiences about this. And I also suppose now there's never, ever again any more question as to whether or not uh, what we do. It's proven now, and it's kind of on the record uh, with regards to both revenue and downloads and the numbers that, that, that those are the numbers that matter. And, uh, and so, you know, I won't have to go, well, I want to do TMA, and then have someone go, well, you know you can't do TMA, so what's it going to be? Now it's like, oh, my God, TMA, holy shit. 
this thing's been in our backyard the whole time. So that, from that standpoint, has been incredibly rewarding. And then for everybody to wind up in a good set of circumstances, including Matt Rocchio, who is now the producer for Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman. And I think absolutely, I think they love him and he loves them and is just happy here. It wound up all uh, working out. So there you go. There is the uh, very long backstory on what transpired. I would like to thank uh, Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling for all of their support of TMA and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Just yesterday, Will from Design Air Heating and Cooling came by to tune up our air conditioning. Get your air conditioning tuned up with Design Air Heating and Cooling. Go online at designairservice.com and work with the absolute best. Just like your car, you got to tune up your air conditioning. Go to Design Air Heating and Cooling, designairservice.com. Seth Goldcamp and his staff will take wonderful care of you, just like they take care of me and Doug Vaughn. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. And also, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. What a gentleman. Now, uh, I'll tell you this. I think at this point now, we have so many people working with Mark Hanna who listen to this podcast and who listen to TMA uh, that it's the word is getting out, and it excites me that it does, first off, to to have a financial advisor, but secondly, to have somebody who's as good of a person as Mark Hanna. Just a major recommendation. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. Uh, it goes beyond financial advisor. He is somebody who really customizes his plan to what your goals are, and the reality is everybody's different. There are different stages of their lives, and they're having different goals, different family setups. Jackson's a client, and he's, you know, a single 24-year-old. Uh, but this isn't only for single 24-year-olds. People, families, people approaching retirement. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Doug just started working with 314-889-0503. Go online at evergreenstl.com. All right, there it is. QFTA is in the books for the week. Uh, your questions, your comments are always welcome. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Thank you for listening, as always, to the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL, TMASTL podcast network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.